Hello, hello, hello. It is me, it is me, your true heel phenom, SP3. We are back once again. It's been two weeks. We've had off, we had the holidays, happy belated Thanksgiving, and happy holidays. Get ready to do a lot of shopping. It is our <laughs> weekly podcast, True Heel Heat 102. On this edition of True Heel Heat, we will be discussing all of the latest wrestling news, including week 56 of the Wednesday Night Wars, with quite possibly the most noteworthy wrestling TV show of the year, and possibly of the decade with AEW Dynamite's Winter is Coming featuring the return to TNT of a WCW alumni and WWE Hall of Famer Mm -hmm. and AEW Impact Wrestling Invasion Angle hit the alarms all that good stuff and as well as the goal (laughs) <laughs> as well as the go home show for NXT TakeOver War Games. We're also going to be discussing WWE's backstage dynamics and chaos on Monday Night Raw, Fallout from Survivor Series 2020, and preview and predictions for NXT TakeOver War Games this Sunday. I am back once again with the princess of all the true heels, the lovely, the beautiful Miss Chrissy Love. Hello, hello, hello. I hope everyone didn't get fat over the holidays. I hope you're all spending all your money and having a good time being safe and wearing masks. Be safe. It's it's a crazy time, but you gotta wear your mask over your nose and your mouth, ladies and gentlemen. We'll do tutorials probably Uh, later. Right. Our resident true heel alcoholic top guy, JJ, could not join us on this edition. He is busy being a working man. He is in the retail business, so it is a busy time for that gentleman. So we we send our, our thoughts out to him, and we wish he was here with us. But we got someone to fill in his shoes. Our most, our most watched or most uh, appearances of any true heel heat guests that we have ever had all the way in chicago illinois it is the man of a thousand and four numbers the host of dark power happy one year anniversary to that review show it is the one the only stacking Thank you, sir, for that introduction. Glad to be back. Uh, yeah, we just had the one-year anniversary of Dark Power. And if you guys join me, I know, Sid, you were on the on the call for that anniversary show. But at that show, we announced that the return of Blunt Impact. And just a week later, I'm wishing I hadn't given away Blunt Impact, Impact Wrestling back to Chris G. We will be talking definitely about what is going on with all of that. But, you know, just incredible. Thanks, guys, for having me. And I appreciate it, as always. What a time it is to be a wrestling fan and to do <laughs> review show on wrestling shows. We get the patons passing, and it seems like he, uh, Chris G's got a hot baton after last night. But we have to start off this show with some somber news. We want to send our thoughts and prayers to the family of WWE Hall of Famer, WWE legend, 
Pat Patterson, who passed away this week, the first ever Intercontinental Champion, uh, one of the real masterminds of the creative process in WWE, responsible for so many great matches like Hogan and Warrior, uh, the Iron Man match between Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, and of course, the brainchild, the man that came up with the concept that we now know as the Royal Rumble. So we got to send out our thoughts and prayers to his family quickly guys your 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 first pat patterson memory that you think of now that he's not with us chrissy love being a part of the corporation being one of vince mcmahon's goons and always getting like you know thrown or thrown to the wolves <laughs> to help guard or save vince mcmahon those are one of my fondest memories of him um him and uh 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 what's his name damn it uh why am i Gerald briscoe Yes, him and Briscoe, Patterson and Briscoe, funny. And then you had, you know, uh, Jim Ross and King on, on, on commentating about them two coming down with him. Good memories. Rest in peace. Condolences to his family. Um, and I love the little package that they did for him last night. It was very, very nice. Yes, the, the Frank Sinatra My Way, uh, his legendary performance on Legends House on the WWE Network. And he's very known for his karaoke sessions. How about you, Stat King? I would also say being the uh, the stooge for Vince McMahon. Uh, but one thing that will definitely stick out to me is when he, at, uh, at, at, at WrestleMania 31, when he is the one who comes out with the Intercontinental Championship for the ladder match, uh, that, that, you know, that, that WrestleMania now has interesting meanings for other reasons, but as we're going to get to. But when it came to Pat Patterson, the Intercontinental title, that's kind of something with me that sticks with the kind of revitalization of the intercontinental title when Daniel Bryan uh, is, is winning it and, and all of that, just that whole, that to me was kind of the start or maybe not the start, but kind of an important piece of bringing back prestige to the intercontinental title. So that that's always a moment that also sticks out for me. For sure. Pat Patterson will be missed by us all in the wrestling uh, fandom as well as the industry. A lot of great tributes. Uh, the Rock really contributed. Uh praised him for being a big part of his career, helping him out when he was younger and helping his rise in the WWE. So definitely go out of your way to go on social media and see all those great tributes. Sami Zayn, one of my favorites, talking about Patterson's uh, reaction to him winning the NXT title. So a lot of good ones for you go out to see. This edition of True Hill Heat, though, is brought to you by our friends over at Wrestling Travel. And of course, you can also, besides watching us on YouTube and listening to us on all your favorite audio platforms you can now watch true hill heat on powered for tv one of the top uk streaming sites uh you can become a subscriber we are right now free on powered for tv so you could just sign up for a membership and you can see true hill heat on that website if you don't want to see us on youtube you have another outlet especially for all of our great fans the great community in the uk praise to you guys and we start off every true hill heat with our true hill roll call talking about our community of great wrestling fans on social media as well as here on youtube and all the audio platforms our true hill roll call we start off things with the top three conversation starters or as i like to call them the negro bucks of nick jackson 
Uh, coming in at number three is the New Japan Aficionado, James Wims. Coming in at number two is from Team Awesome, Lorenzo Dozer. And coming in at number one is Charlie Layton. Of course, we have to always uh, shout out our main man, the Negro Buck, Nick Jackson, our jersey, our retired jersey of the conversation starter. So shout outs to everyone who's on our top three. And the True Hills that we got to shout out, Dale Young, uh, Kyle Green, Dave Newman, Maddie the Hot Scott, one of our new subscribers on our YouTube channel, who's following us over from uh, Wrestling Daily, one of the best uh, ultra tracks and hot takes and good eggs over on Wrestle2 YouTube channel. Shea Silstein, who is following us on the Twitter machine. So shout outs to all of you guys. Our YouTube subscriber highlight. Of course, we got the king of the comment section himself, Kayfabe Tactics, saying about True Rewind 31. Started up Clash right now, but I had to stop and talk about the piece of shit fan during the Malenko Wright match that kept jumping up and down in front of every of anyone. Pissing me off so much, lol. I want someone to punch him in the back of his head. Anyway, I think this is uh, going to be a good show. Can't wait to finish it and hear your thoughts. And then his next comment says, yeah, this wasn't a good clash, but your show it was great, like you, like usual. Kayfabe Tactics always putting out his raw emotions. You gotta love him for that one. Uh, Shaw Powers commented on J-News episode, I mean J-News Japan episode 54, that Doki is in the running for MVP of the New Japan, of uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling Best of the Super Juniors tournament. He says the tournament has been better than expected, and he Here's a tip that I tried uh, during Power Struggle. I had Japanese commentary playing on the TV and English commentary on my phone. It made the viewing experience uh, a way better because you get the excitement of Japanese commentary and the information from English. So good tip for you guys. Who That's a, yeah. That's a pretty yeah. interesting way of doing it. Yeah, yeah, you get the raw emotion of the Japanese commentary and the information, the, the stuff that you need to know from the English commentary. So that's a smart move for sure. Uh, Bryant Guerrero, Chrissy uh, Love, actually commented on our Dark Side of the Ring Chris Benoit documentary uh, review this past week. And he said that, love your guys' review. I thought it was genuine and honest. This tragedy has affected so many fans in the wrestling community and the families and wrestlers around who knew Chris and Nancy. So thank you, Brian, for going all the way back to April when we did that great review of Dark Side of the Ring, the Chris Benoit uh, episode. Yeah, exactly. Uh, better, better late than never, my good sir. We we love when uh, people go back to the archives and check out our old videos. So, and that was definitely one that we uh, put a lot of work into and loved. So, we are filming this. Maybe by the time we are done with this podcast, we will have your favorite time of the show where we can give you the numbers. For the Wednesday Night Wars between AEW Dynamite and WWE NXT. But I am sorry folks. We can't even go through what we missed. We missed about two weeks with you guys. We will get to what we missed with Survivor Series 2020. Raw, SmackDown and all the other great wrestling shows. But we are starting things hot and heavy. With what happened on week 56 of the Wednesday Night Wars. And the big, the probably the biggest AEW Dynamite of 2020 and probably of all time 
AEW Dynamite, of course, had the big news, which is Sting making his AEW debut, returning to TNT for the first time in 19 years, making the save for the Nightmare family, staring down Arn Anderson, his former rival, Dustin Rhodes, Cody Rhodes, and then finally, Darby Allin. Such a great moment, goosebump-inducing. Kenny Omega defeated John Moxley to win the AEW World Championship in a great main event matchup with the help of Don Callis and a microphone. And then after the match, Callis and Omega, after screwing Moxley, ran out of the building with Don saying that Kenny will explain himself this Tuesday on Impact Wrestling. AEW Impact Wrestling crossover invasion angle. Yes, big, huge news. One of the biggest news of the year. We also on this episode had MJF and Orange Cassidy being the final two for the Dynamite Diamond Battle Royal that progressed uh, the Hangman to Dark Order story. Elevated Miro with his performance added to the Inner Circle dissension. Jericho also defeated Kazarian despite Sammy and MJF fighting over a towel on the outside with Jericho saying that the inner circle will either disband or work together after next week and Thunder Rosa and Brick Breaker had a pull apart brawl following Brit's win over Layla Hirsch in just a jam-packed show that 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 was everything that happened and it's a couple of lines deep over on NXT Solid build-up for, for War Games, but not as much noteworthy stuff. But they did have Shotzi Blackheart defeating Raquel Gonzalez in a ladder match to gain the War Games advantage for Sunday, with Io Shirai revealing herself as the final member to Team Shotzi. We had Pat McAfee cut another money promo. I said money, because he equals money. Yeah, yes, I, I, have, I have to agree, unfortunately. I, I As much as it, I hate to, but... He kept going back yesterday. I'm sorry. You're coming around. You're coming around. The undisputed. I don't want to, but I have to. It's my job. <laughs> the undisputed era also had a really good uh, video package to hype up their war games matchup with the team McAfee. Timothy Thatcher laid out uh, Tommaso Jampa with the help of his new student Russ Taylor to set up their match at War Games. The Grizzle Young Veterans and Imperium had a solid match, ending with Everrise interfering and Leo Ruff, Leon Ruff, and Damian Priest. Uh, team to beat Legado del Fantasma to build up the North American title triple threat with Johnny Gargano on Sunday. I don't even know if it's fair to ask this question, but I will anyway. Chrissy Love, Chrissy Love, what was the better show this week? This is not fair. I mean, come on. AEW. <laughs> what was the highlight? What was the main thing that had you talking after this episode of dynamite with winter is coming winter is coming the whole snow and then sting comes out with the t-shirt the bat him being in front of darby allen just like gave me like because I, I turned my head for like two seconds and then I, i'm looking on my computer and then like i, I was like is that sting? that's sting. oh that's <laughs> Oh yeah, that was my reaction, and I, I and I couldn't um look at um uh, uh NXT for a good like you know twenty minutes because I was too focused on what happened with Sting and just reading online and just going through everything, and then but they had a good solid finish for NXT um 
and then like you know build up for war games because they didn't have much of a build up to be honest. I mean, it was a pretty pretty good war uh, build up over the last couple of weeks for war games, but it, it's it's hard when you got a main event quality uh, pay per view quality dynamite that you're going up against. Stag King, I'm not going to even ask you. We know your thoughts on NXT <laughs> and AEW. What side of the war you stand on? But I will ask you, what was your thoughts on Sting's return to TNT for the first time in 19 years? I think that. For all of the uh, for all of the flack that Tony Khan has gotten in the past for saying you know this is the best dynamite ever or I still have aces up my sleeve and this that and the other thing that he has said and you know some of the some of the delivery has felt underwhelming compared to how much he has hyped it up. This I mean this 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 definitely this definitely hits the bar. This definitely reaches the <laughs> the point of this is an ace up your sleeve or I guess maybe a baseball bat in the in the trench coat. But uh, definitely this is something that, you know, we, we may have, in a sense, we may have seen coming. We saw, we saw Darby in the build-up to Darby and Cody. We saw Darby chilling in the rafters. It may not have had the same effect as when Sting was doing it back in WCW because Sting was doing it against the NWO, like a real legitimate heel faction, and Darby's doing it against Cody. It wasn't really a heel but it had that same kind of connection. We already have the face paint. So I just like the general idea of them pairing up guys or guys and gals with legends or people who are going to be able to help them or assist them, whether they are, are definitely going to pair Darby with Sting. We don't know, but damn, if it doesn't make you want to watch everything that happens on Wednesday. I mean, Tuesday. Well, yeah, what the hell does that come about? Because now i got to watch this now. <laughs> well, we, well, we will talk about that. I want to ask you, Miss Chrissy Love, what do you think about Sting signing a multi-year deal with AEW, and he's going to be a regular character on their TV? They didn't necessarily say that he's going to be wrestling regularly, but he is going to be a fixture on AEW Dynamite. So where do you see his role being? Do you see it like Stat King kind of allude to him being in, uh, a manager for Darby Allen? I even talked about on Wrestling Travels podcast, maybe him possibly being an authority figure. So where do you yeah. see Sting kind of uh, settling in his role? I see more of an authority figure, a mentor, someone that's going to guide um, the younger athletes, uh, keep them... And show them the ropes, maybe. Um, hopefully something good. How old is Sting, by the way? He's 61. 61. Wait, wait, wait. He's 60? I thought he was in his 50s. What? <laughs> no. OMG. Wow. Okay, so yeah, he really needs to like kind of stay clear of the ring. For I don't need him to break anything right now. But if he can be a great mentor and just guide these kids, that'd be great. Just to see his face is just fine. But yeah, when I see him say, I was like... When I got after I got it, I was like, "Wait, how old is Sting? Ain't he like in his fifties or something?" I was like, he need to retire like the Undertaker did, just like, but you know, we're here, I'm here for all of it. I'll buy. Well, I can't buy a ticket now because we're still in like quarantine and we're you know pandemic. But if this shit is all over by next year, I will go. Yes, I mean, uh, I'm I'm not too 
100% on Sting being in the ring a lot. I did like what uh, uh, Dave Meltzer on Wrestling Observer Radio, he kind of talked about how Sting will kind of be used as a character. He won't be doing a lot of bumps. He won't be necessarily wrestling too much. But I, I can see Sting in like a tag team match. I can see Sting maybe occasionally once a year in a singles match if he signed for like two, three years. I, I can get Sting versus Jericho, Sting versus Cody. That would be nice he would he can be a catalyst for cody to finally make the heel turn and maybe we see cody lead his own four horsemen there's potential there with with sting's history on tnt but uh, how would you describe your feeling during that moment when you heard it sting from the voice of wcw tony shivani uh stacking it's it's got a feeling to it it's got you know and then when they were playing that they were playing that intro video as soon as I saw the crow, like uh, I'm sitting, I'm sitting with my girlfriend. And I'm, I'm thinking my first thoughts is, "There's no way it's going to be Sting." I was like, "It's it." I automatically think crow. I think Sting when it comes to wrestling. I'm like, "No, it can't be." So then, as the as it shifts to other images in the video, I'm thinking, "Okay, what what can I see elsewhere that might give me a clue?" Because I really don't think it's Sting. And then it is Sting. And then you hear that Tony Schiavone. It's wow. Just, <laughs> Well, well, well done on their part. And if you if you read, I think it was uh, I think it was Matt or Nick uh, tweeted out something about the backstage process of keeping Sting, you know, behind wraps until yeah. they you know have him show up. That I mean, just well done on all of them because that's something you got to really play close to the chest. You don't want anything getting leaked out, and they they did a very good job. So yeah. Yeah, Matt. Uh, Matt kind of talked about how they kept him under wraps. They didn't bring him out until that very last moment, uh, right before the video package played. Like how long they had this like brewing? You know how you have like your, your stuff like brewing on the pot. Like how long they had this thing? Like just like you know, did they have him like come through like a secret door? Like was he in like a, a, a like a black coat over his head so no one could see who he was? Like I need to see that probably all in a trailer somewhere. Probably. Yeah, I need to see all of that. Like that whole behind the scenes, like whole build up to him getting there, like. What was the talks about? Like him and Cody and all of them sitting down. I need to see all of that like tomorrow. Yeah, and, and I, I think I think it's a shame that that uh, top guy couldn't be with us on this episode because he yes. loves his oh, yeah. surprises and the fact that this wasn't leaked. This was talked about prior to full gear and after full gear. I guess everybody just kind of forgot about that that talk that was there, and it was the perfect time to kind of bring him in. And this was really one of the best surprises of 2020, right up there with the Edge surprise, right up there with Roman returning at SummerSlam and being a heel great stuff but yeah of course we gotta talk about the other big news kenny omega the new aew world champion and he will appear on impact wrestling on access tv this coming tuesday yes 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 chrissy okay so first of all i did not know who that gentleman was when he sat down with those people <laughs> I'm like, who the hell? I don't watch. I'm sorry, I don't watch Impact. I only watch it for the special events when I have to, and I'm gotta work. So again, I was like, who is this guy? And I just went with the flow because again, I'm watching both. You know, I'm watching both shows, and I'm like, all right. Then I seen him proceed to go to the ring 
But then you finish doing what you're doing, and I'll talk afterwards. Yes, Don Callis, who is the VP for, for Impact Wrestling, former commentator on New Japan Pro Wrestling. But he's actually also the man responsible for Okada versus Jericho that happened in, ah, in New Japan. If you, nice. if you didn't know, just listen to any interview this man does. He mentions it about 41 different times. And Tony Khan has even credited the Jericho Omega matchup in New Japan for being responsible for the creation of AEW so this was huge news uh Callis actually did an interview recently that said if it wasn't for AEW that Omega would be in Impact Wrestling and my god it's coming to TV and it is and it's an angle now and I think I've said it on a couple of different podcasts I think I've even said it here when we talked about Callis being on commentary for Page versus Omega at uh full gear that he is the Bobby the Brain Heenan to Omega's Ric Flair he is the JR to his Stone Cold Steve Austin in a, a commentator that's just is so much of a fan but now he seems to be transitioning into that managerial role and this was just perfect timing this was great for moxley because this is moxley's first loss in aew and it was tainted he was screwed basically so he still is protected in this loss and it was a great match i don't care what anybody says it started off a little bit slow but that final 10 minutes just had you in it was hard hitting uh moxley came up bloody and i think i think it was a loaded microphone it seemed like it was in a legit (laughs) microphone it seemed like it was a gimmick uh microphone no bloody moxley like that but just a great finish that sets up so much and really had the wrestling world buzzing so what was your thoughts on that finish and the end of john moxley's title reign stacking all right so if you if you have been watching if you have been watching dark power for some time i have been i've been preaching from from the from the rooftops one word synergy and I have been, because I have been reviewing AEW Dark, then Impact Wrestling, and then UWM NWA. All those shows on Tuesdays. And we've seen cross-pollination from people on UWM showing up on AEW Dark. We've seen Peter Avalon showing up on UWM as part of their world t- title tournament. But the only thing I didn't see was something happening with Impact. And I kept saying on Dark, this is the moment where, or this is a time where we can kind of kick that door down, get, get away from this sense of you are you, I am, I am, I am me, and, and get back to, in a way, a, a, a digital kind of territory system similar to how the NWA was back in the day. So to have this happen, you know, this is just a great moment. And to be able to then have Callus, who has definitely been the cheerleader for Omega throughout many parts of Omega's career, be the person to help catalyze all of this really great. It was a moment that you wanted you wanted Kenny to win, but if he's going to really embrace this cleaner persona once again, it kind of has to be something underhanded about it. There kind of has to be something dirty about it. How do you do that? Well, you have it through Don Callis. Don Callis is the person who has gotten in his ear. Maybe we'll find out that Don Callis was sitting in the, in the car with him when, uh, when, when Adam and, and he lost the tag titles to FTR and Kenny was leaving the building and the Bucks are like, where are you, go- like, where are you going? What's going on? And he just gets into a car. Maybe we'll find out that from way back then, Callis has been the bug in Omega's ear who is getting him back to that cleaner persona, back to that 
that just best bout machine kind of person. And if you don't know the, if you don't know or, or aren't fully aware of all the connections between Don Callis and Kenny Omega, like Sid is saying, I encourage you to go back and watch. I was watching it for a completely different reason a couple weeks ago. The IWGP US title between title match between Kenny and Jay White. And I swear to God, Don Callis is more shocked and upset that Kenny lost the match than Kenny is. And Kenny was the champion. So <laughs> this is a this is a great moment, I think, for for all of us. We're we're gonna be able to finally get this sense of community back together when it comes to wrestling and we can kind of shy away from the you know i like this promotion i I hate this promotion for this reasons if you don't want to watch that's fine but we don't need to you know necessarily be antagonistic i mean i've I've seen comments on on the squared circle subreddit that that theorize that the reason why aew dark which is my the show that i review has been going on longer and longer and longer is because they're trying to take away viewers from impact wrestling Mm. Well, that 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 can't be the case anymore because yeah. they're they're sending the brand new world champion to Impact Wrestling and telling you to watch. So this is, I just think, a really great moment for for everybody involved. And th- I mean, honestly, as much as I as much as I love Sting coming out, I think this that the ending of the show is what, what I'm going to remember more mm. about the episode itself. And I'll just I'll be thinking back. Okay, yeah, Sting was there. But that's when that's when Kenny turned. That's when that's when all of this started to change. I think this is a, a big turning point, and I'm I'm just looking forward to seeing how it all plays out. And let's not forget, the Good Brothers are, are waiting in impact. Mm. So are you are you going to remember him winning or running away in the car with with the man Don? Or whatever? Oh. I'm gonna I'm gonna remember everything about the the finish, the the running the running away with uh, Don. Um, and that's a good shout, actually. I think I heard it on Wrestle Talks uh, podcast talking about AEW Dynamite that there was a black SUV when mm-hmm. Omega left all out, and they Callus and Omega on Dynamite left in a black SUV. So you're you're probably right that Don was probably in the SUV the whole time, and he gave Omega gave the young books a choice: get in the car with me and go. So was he going? To either get in the car with Callis, was he going to meet Callis? There was also the flight. Remember when he was supposed to have the interview a couple of weeks ago, and he's like, "Oh, I gotta take this flight. I gotta go and get on this flight." Was he taking a flight to Nashville to to yeah. meet with Callis and have more discussion? Then we also got the the extra layer of uh, D- uh John Moxley who attacked Moxley before the contract signing. Is it someone from Impact? Is it Sammy Callahan, maybe his former tag team partner? Is it the Good Brothers? Maybe the the affiliation in the Bullet Club with Kenny Omega. There's so much to come out of this that you're probably right. This is the thing that everybody should remember because it's so huge and means such a big thing to being a wrestling fan. And the excitement and the buzz that it created just makes you just so happy to be a fan of wrestling. And it's making you want to go out and see Impact Wrestling, which is a is an interesting situation. But I will ask you, uh, Chrissy, you were a big uh, component, a big supporter of John Moxley coming over to AEW. How would you describe his world title run in 2020 and him really getting the ball in AEW and the fact that he was so protected in this mm-hmm. loss? What do you mm-hmm. think about his entire title run since February? Well, I've been saying since he left, he had the hot girl summer, you know, um, 
he was just on a, a, a whirlwind of a roll. Like he just was going uphill after, you know, you leave somewhere where you, would, you, you couldn't be your most creative. And I think he's done very well. Um, he's had some good ones and he has some bad ones, but I think overall he was a great first champion. Well, he was the first champion. Second, right? second like, champion. Oh, sorry, second champion, but longest, correct yeah. me if I'm yeah. wrong. Yep. So he was a great second champion and longest, and he was very protective his whole run. And um, most of his stories were good, and I said most of them were not so good, but I think he I would, overall- say, I would say only the Jake Hager match was the only thing that wasn't so good. Other than that, right. he's been hitting it out the park as right. far as feuds and matches. Right. So yeah, and then he would be he would be working almost every week for the most part. So he's always on. He's always cutting a promo. He was on um doing the um the pay per view. So I think he had a very very good run at their second champion. Yeah, I would I would say that he really got given the ball. He is right up there. If he's not your your twenty twenty wrestler of the year, he mm-hmm. should be in your top five, top three. I, in my opinion, he should be the twenty twenty wrestler of the year. He carried AEW as the face of the promotion, cutting yeah. killer promos week mm-hmm. after week after week after week. Great feuds with Eddie Kingston, with Brian Brian Cage and Taz, with uh with Chris Jericho in the build up. To revolution with MJF on the way to All Out, so he was very consistent, and this was the run that he should have had all those years ago in WWE, for sure. Times in a rough that always leave and just go on Excel and just go like that. Yes, so, somewhere and somewhere in all of this, he found time to uh, you know make a child with Renee. And that's why he's he he is winning. He is winning on so many levels. But what are you guys' quick thoughts on our new AEW World Champion Kenny Omega? Do, are you a fan of how he won it? And are you do you think that we are finally going to get the ace cometh of Kenny Omega, the zenith? And what was your what would you think about the overall story? Because I think the the argument that oh we're not getting the Kenny Omega of New Japan is a very overrated argument because if you look at his 2020, he's been in some of the best matches of the entire year, yeah. whether it was against Pac on in the Iron Man match on Dynamite, whether it was the legendary tag team match with the Young Bucks with him and Hangman Page, countless great TV matches, and now this whole formation of the cleaner and what his title reign now is going to mean to not only just AEW but professional wrestling with this angle what are your thoughts on Omega being the new champion uh, stacking I definitely want to see how like just because I, it can't be it can't be a New Japan style just because they're not on New Japan television they're gearing more towards a western audience so I want to see how they blend the new Japan of Kenny Omega with a more Western style Kenny Omega and see how it all works out. I definitely want to see what the interactions are, what the, what, what, what's going to go, what's going to happen with him and the bucks. We now have a situation where all three core members of the elite are champions. So now that how that dynamic is going to shift, how it's going to play out, whether we're going to see an influence from Kenny on the bucks to be more, more of that, more of that old school bullet club that they used to be. Whether it's gonna, whether they're both, well, the Bucks are gonna try to be that, that kind of guiding light to, to to Kenny. Because while Kenny is hitting Moxley with a loaded microphone, we have the Bucks giving Top Flight a shot. We have the Bucks giving TH2 opportunities. We have the Bucks doing things the quote unquote right way 
and we have Kenny doing things maybe quote unquote the wrong way. So how that dynamic is going to play out, I think that is going to be really really interesting to see. And I just want I just want to know if we're going to get the return match maybe at Revolution with him and John against each other, or if they're going to you know move to a different contender. And if so, who that first person is, because that's got to be somebody who can go in the ring with Kenny Omega. All I know is that I want Hangman Page to be the savior <laughs> of AEW. If, if Kenny Omega is the evil heel that has aligned himself with Impact Wrestling, the savior in the end of this whole story should be Hangman Page. I don't think Hangman should be the first challenger. He is the, the end game. He He's is last. The, he is the Iron Man. I am the Hangman. <laughs> so that's as, long, as, long as, he, as long as he rides into whatever stadium it is on a horse again, I'm here for yes. it. So. I, I'm with you. <laughs> yes, he has to ride in a horse, and then he has to get his drink after he gets off the horse, and then go Absolutely. down. Absolutely, and we're we're definitely gonna have the ability to get, uh, I think, Pac versus Omega because Pac is somebody who beat Omega at All Out, and now they're gonna have a shift because Pac and De and Death Triangle it seems are maybe more towards a face side of things, whereas Kenny's more towards a heel side of things. How that dynamic is gonna be in the ring? That'll be something incredible too. There's a lot of good things. I mean, like we talked about with this episode of Dynamite, Chris Jericho in these inner circle story, we may potentially see Chris Jericho go babyface. So there's definitely a bunch of contenders for Omega, not only in AEW, but also in Impact Wrestling. And that brings me to kind of put a bow on this conversation very quickly. Your number one AEW versus Impact Wrestling dream match that you want to see. I will start things off. I already alluded to it. Moxley versus Callahan, it needs to happen. These two are two hardcore guys. They have so much history in CZW as uh, the Switchblade, the uh, Switchblade uh, t tag team. So yeah, it, 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 that one will just be a brutal, bloody type of fight, and I need to see it. So what about you, Stat King? Uh, well, one as long as Ken Shamrock's not involved, uh, oh. I'll, I'll take it. Him <laughs> and Rob Van Dam can't come. <laughs> Luckily, Rob Van Dam's not with the company anymore. <laughs> Luckily, um, I, 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 would, I would be biased and say obviously it should be Rohit Raju, but no, I want to see Kenny Omega versus Eddie Edwards. I think that would be it. Would be it would have been it would have been Kenny Omega versus Trey, but the Rascals are you know they vacated the treehouse so that Chris G can take over the lease. So uh, I, I'm going to have to go with Kenny Omega versus Eddie Edwards. How about you, Chrissy? Okay, see, I don't know much of the guys over there. So, uh, <laughs> give me about a week or two and I can give you an answer. Um, I'll let I'm, you think about it. Yeah, I'm excited about the whole merger because now we can probably have like a little like cruiserweight kind of division with the younger guys can maybe get a belt since they can like blend these, um, the AEW guys with the Impact guys. I mean, I don't know if anyone's ever said anything of that sort, you know, like Jungle <laughs> Boy and uh, uh, let's see, uh, Sammy Guevara. Those young guys can probably now get another belt and maybe, you know, merge it over the, with the two. Hey, I think the best thing about this is Impact has one of the most underrated women's divisions in professional wrestling, and I am all for some ladies matchup. Jordan Grace versus Nyla Rose, off the top of my head, would be a banger. Sheeta versus Deanna Parazza. That's what I was, uh, that was uh, my second. Uh, Taya, Taya Valkyrie versus yeah. Thunder Rosa, a clash of the former uh, Lucha Underground alumni. There's a lot of stuff to come, and I think it's just great news for us wrestling fans. But yeah. 
yes, we have to end that long discussion about AEW and NXT. We are, of course... What happened? I said, can I ask a question real fast? Yeah, of course. What do you think Vince and them are doing now? <laughs> I, think, I think Vince done called up uh, The Undertaker and was like, you really uh, retired? You you really you really retired? I'm taking some shit right now. No, 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 no. Vince is Vince is calling up Undertaker here, saying, "How did you let me talk you into retiring at Survivor Series so that that would be the hook for people to watch the show? <laughs> How did you let me do that to you?" And Taker's just like, I, I mean, I just do what you tell me to do, man. Like I, right, I'm like, go on hot ones. I went on hot ones. You wanted me to do a clothing line with Snoop Dogg. That's what I did. Like, what, what more? Do you <laughs> What do you want from me? What more do you want from me, Vince? But we will talk about that as well. Of uh, the ratings for the last week, the pre-Thanksgiving episodes of WWE, NXT, and AEW. After some confusion, we thought that NXT won by two thousand. Of course, AEW won in the eighteen to forty-nine. Apparently, they tied with seven hundred and twelve thousand viewers for the, uh, wow. the, the the day before Thanksgiving, NXT and AEW. So we should either at the end of this show or at least true hill heat 103 we will have the ratings results for this big winter is coming and war games go home show our other top news story is of course back in wwe backstage chaos and issues coming out of survivor series WWE Backstage Chaos uh, PW Insider reports that the current creative powers fall in the hands of Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard. Many people close to the situation have told PW Insider that Bruce Pritchard is the most powerful person in the WWE other than the McMahon family members. It was added that from a creative standpoint, everything flows through Bruce Pritchard. In fact, for Vince McMahon, Bruce Pritchard's word is considered to be very much the gospel. However, Bruce Richards has also given a rise to a considerable degree of frustration and heat amongst the talent, which is all because of his position in the company and the decision-making duties that are handed to him. However, this week's episode of Raw uh, did not have Bruce Richards in attendance, and Triple H was instead backstage looking after the proceedings. It was noted that having Triple H behind the scene was a breath of fresh air for many people. Uh, it was additionally reported that Shane Helms aka the Hurricane returned to the company to work on last week's episode of Raw. He was recently rehired as a backstage uh, producer after being furloughed in April. Former Impact Wrestling uh, star Sanjay Dutt also was moved to work as full-time employee for the NXT brand. It was also reported that the recent Raw Underground talent Dabakato and Atura Ruiz were at the recent Raw tapings but WWE decided not to use them. The general feeling backstage is that the company still believes that the superstars mentioned above need more uh, seasoning before being incorporated into the Raw roster as full-time members. It was also noted that there was plenty of backstage unrest and frustration regarding the opening segment to Raw with Randy Orton, Alexa Bliss, and Bray Wyatt, with people feeling that the angle needed more work, but it was 100% McMahon's vision. Also, the script for Raw came in about 25 minutes before 
the start of the show this week and there's also been a lot of issues with wwe officials being uh reprimanded for missing time cues at wwe survivor series as well on as the aforementioned taping since then so what are your guys thoughts on bruce pritchard being the most influential non-mcmahon in wwe right now it's not nothing anything new he's been right. Given the ball for creative after the firing of Paul Heyman and and Eric Bischoff on Raw and SmackDown, and he kind of runs both shows. But what do you think about the whole frustration with Bruce Prichard at the current moment, Chrissy Love? This is nothing new. I mean, I'm, yeah. <laughs> Bruce Prichard's always had this like power or whatever. So this is this is not new to us. Like. He's been one of Vince's, like, right-hand men for a long, long time with these shows and, like, writing the storyline. So this is not new information for us. However, people being upset and now uh, feeling away and now they probably want to voice their opinion is probably something that's maybe more new or more of an, a thing for me, people to say, you know what, I don't like what's happening. And... Um, People are now probably having like more of a leg to stand on, or maybe not since they fired Selena Vega and you know because she spoke up. So who knows? Maybe they're not gonna speak up. I I, I couldn't. I I don't know. But um, I'm not surprised that Bruce. Um, the stories are still the same. Nothing has really changed. Um, I don't see much of an impact of what he has done so far. Because everything is still written and still going in flow. So. Good point right there. Uh, Stat King, do you think that Triple H would bring some stability to WWE creative being that, you know, right now, I think it's about 75 to 80 percent of the roster come from NXT, where Triple H was kind of the papa. He's the papa of NXT and he's kind of like a, a stable force for a lot of the talent. So what do you think? Does he, would he bring some stability that Bruce Prichard is not giving to the roster? I think he would bring some stability in the sense that, to your point, yeah, they do know Triple H. They know how to speak to Triple H, and they know how Triple H relates to them. I, I think he would be able to help in that regard, but I don't know how much stability he can really bring when shows are being written 25 minutes before airtime. That's just, especially because any of these any of these performers, when, they, when they're moving from NXT to, to Raw, NXT... For whatever whatever uh, negative things it may have, one thing that has always been a positive is a clear vision. They know where they're going months in advance. Now, granted, you have you know wrenches being thrown, such as uh, Killer Cross's injury or Finn Balor's injury, and the different things like that. But they know for the most part where they where the destination is. So to have that shift. Yeah, I guess maybe having a, a, the same person to talk to, the same face, the same, you know, you know that personality would help. But I don't know. I think it would maybe just be a Band-Aid over a much larger problem for Raw and SmackDown. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't argue too much with that. It's... Uh, it's kind of discerning that this is happening at the end of the year as we yeah. approach uh, WrestleMania season. So we will have to see how they can kind of recover this all if Vince and Bruce Pritchard can make the superstars happy again. Because we heard about their frustration during the early parts of the pandemic. It got a little bit better, especially on the SmackDown side when Roman Reigns came back and being that locker room leader and being a driving force for the ratings going up over 
over there along with Sasha and Bailey. But it seems like Monday Night Raw is always having this issues, but it has also trickled down to uh, SmackDown recently with reports of the script coming in late and being rewritten with Vince McMahon being there. So we will just have to see, and especially with the third party ban controversy, it doesn't seem like it's a good time to be working in the WWE. Nope. So we <laughs> gotta move on guys to what we miss. We missed a lot in the past two weeks, but we gotta talk about the big show that happened uh, a couple of I think about ten days ago now, WWE Survivor Series twenty twenty. Of course, if you wanted the full rundown of that great show, we had a great pay-per-view round table with the good brothers, Romeo Anthony Cologne, Chris G, the round table rebel, three time baby making champion, Ness, and our newest <laughs> contributor to the True Hill Heat YouTube channel Richie Moon so definitely check that out if you want a full recap of that great show but we have Roman Reigns defeated Drew McIntyre in a tremendous main event matchup with the help of Jay Uso Team Raw men swept Team SmackDown men uh, the first time there was a sweep in the Survivor Series traditional match since 2006 with Team DX. Uh, Team Raw women defeated Team SmackDown women with Lana being the sole survivor in anti-climatic fashion. And of course, SP3... I put my foot in my mouth because I predicted Bianca Belair, but then I said, yeah, but it'll probably be Lana winning by doing nothing. And you said that, and that's, and that's exactly what happened. Yep. Mm-hmm. So is that so is that a a Bruce uh, a brainchild of Bruce Prichard? I'm, I'm, I think this is the brainchild of Vince. He thinks that Lana can be the next big uh, baby face. Apparently, um, wow, but, but by doing nothing. By doing nothing, like. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Oh, me, and, <laughs> me and Chrissy Love were correct when we predicted the Street Profits to defeat the New Day in a really good matchup. One of the one of my favorite matchups of the entire card. Yeah. Uh, Yep. We also had Sasha Banks defeat Asuka, Lashley beat Sami Zayn, and of course, there was The Undertaker's final farewell, which clocked in at 45 minutes. Yes, 45 minutes. Entrances and all, and but we did get a holographic uh, Paul Paul Barra, so that was yep, a nice a nice touch. Um, any highlights? I know uh, Stat King, you are not the the biggest follower of WWE, <laughs> but any highlights that stood out from you if you saw from Survivor Series? I didn't watch, but as a from a results standpoint, it is it is interesting to see another uh, horsewoman finally conquer. Asuka, or at least get a, a singles victory against her, because I don't think Sasha Banks uh, had a singles victory over Asuka until Survivor Series. So clean one, was, no. Yeah, clean one, no. So that I, I, I liked, and uh, the clean sweep, I think, is interesting. That that That's something you don't, I mean, you don't see very often, obviously, so that that's something uh, unique, considering they, they then had, in the women's match, <laughs> the women's Survivor Series match, somebody be a sole survivor by doing nothing, so gotta love it anything that stood out the most to you miss chrissy love oh yeah that they made lana win foolishness when bianca Belair performed her ass off so i call it crap i <laughs> i was very very upset about the whole thing um i was like how do you and then we have survivor series we're not even calling the the, the like the score like nothing nope. like nothing count like nothing counted it's like 
what kind of survivor series is this? Like, you have the, the, the women, I mean, the, the men get swept, which you guys called it, said, you know, they would win anyway. But still, nevertheless, it was, I don't know. The great, great uh, Drew and Roman match, I thought that was great. The Street Profits and New Day, wow. I mean, my, we called it. We said it was going to be like probably match of the night. So, shout out to us. Um, but, um, yeah, I just, I didn't like the whole finish. And the women's match would have, would have not been bad if it wasn't for the stupid finish. Yeah, I think the ladies worked hard. The, but... the ladies were better than the men, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wouldn't blame you if you if you thought that, but they were just let down by that uh, that finish. I mean, I can praise though Roman and Drew, one of the best right. main events of the of the entire year, probably right. Roman's best in ring performance of 2020. Story wise, of course, those was the Jey Uso matches, but in ring wise, as far as work in the ring. This was more of a traditional WWE style main event and one of Drew's better matches of the year as well. So definitely a lot of credit goes out to those guys. And they um, even wrestled at WrestleMania. I was like, they did? And I was there. You didn't even remember, of course. Remember, this match was so much better. So, you know. Well, don't, don't, don't worry. Our, our good brother, top guy JJ, only remembers 25 minutes of the show and he called it the top 10 greatest WrestleMania of all time. <laughs> Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> we got to move on to New Japan Pro Wrestling Best of Super Juniors 27 and World Tag League 2020. We are going down the, the final stretch of shows, only about two more uh, regular block matches, block uh, nights ahead for both tournaments before we get to the finals on December 11th. We will do a full preview of the finals next week on True Hill Heat 103. But the best of the Super Juniors, you got Yuri Yuramura at 0 and 7, 0 points. He is already eliminated from the tournament. Of course, he's a young lion, so we don't expect anything less. Uh, Dookie is 1 and 6 with 2 points. He was eliminated. At as well, Robbie Eagles, who has been one of the MVPs of this entire tournament, Urasuki Taguchi, both stand at three and four with six points. Both are eliminated, and now we have the final six who are still in contention, which is Bushi and Master Wado at four and three with eight points. El Desperado, Taji Shimori, Sho, and Hiromu Takahashi all stand at five and two with ten points. So two more block matches in the best of the super juniors should be interesting to see who comes out of that one i know me and chrissy love predicted hiromu takahashi to win the tournament how about you stat king who is your choice to win the best of the super juniors i thought hiromu probably was going to be winning when i looked at the kind of the the events of the, the matches and he's consistently in the main event each night despite the fact that the uh, tag champ that the junior champion is ishimori that felt a little weird but but um yeah, uh, I think that show is, uh, is is another pot potential candidate simply because of the the, the temporary split or hiatus of of Yo when it comes to Rapongi 3K. So maybe he's got a shot as well, but definitely leading Hiroma. 
yeah, I mean, show has definitely been showing out. He's just got, he's just a great baby face and he has a great look. He's young, so he has a great potential. And I think it's going to, I think my my prediction for the finals is it's going to come down to show and Hiromo in the end. Uh, World Tag League 2020 action Tori Hanare and Hiroshi Tanahashi stand at one and six with two points eliminated. Once again, shitting on the ace. Uh, Bad Luck Fale and Chase Owen stand at two and five with four points points evil and yujiro takahashi stand at three and four with six points uh the gorillas of destiny stand at four and three with eight points uh great okan and jeff cobb as well as hiroki goto and yoshihashi and juice robinson and david finley as well as the lij duo of sonata and shingo and shingo takagi and dangerous techers also stand at four and three with eight points and now our leaders are toma Hirohishii and the king of pro wrestling himself, Toriyano, standing at five and two with ten points. Um, yes, uh, <laughs> I think also this one, uh, me and Chrissy predicted the Gorillas of Destiny to be in the finals and win this one. Uh, but what about you, Stat King? Who is your choice to win the World Tag League? Leaning, leaning Lij, but I, I would definitely agree as well with God, simply because. You got it. That's a great way to work them back into the mix. So, G.O.D. for sure for me. Yeah, I mean, L.I.J. is probably my favorite duo. I think I also mentioned that with Sonata and Shingo, probably two of my favorite performers in New Japan. So it should be interesting with both of those teams in the running, as well as a bunch of other teams, as I just named off. Uh, SmackDown had Roman tearing a new one into Jay Uso for helping him against De- Drew McIntyre, which leads to Uso laying out Otis and Daniel Bryan on the show. Uh, he calls Daniel Bryan his match with Sami Zayn on the show by count out uh then kevin owens beat down jay uso with a steel chair to set up a match with roman reigns and then if you haven't seen it on talking smack we had a great segment with kevin owens and paul Heyman cutting promos on each other chef's kiss great stuff another set of goosebumps again guys i'm just saying like they would it's like they're having like a regular conversation but like like legit real like they didn't have to rehearse it like you know it was just it just like flew. It just like flowed so, so effortless. You know, if that makes sense. Like it yeah. just like, it was just like wow. Like I I seen that. I was like, what am I like? What like what am I seeing right now? You know what I'm saying? Like it, it was it was so so good. And he praised Bianca Belair as well. First time in a while that Kevin Owens felt like a main eventer again on the main roster. So I'm always for that big Kevin Owens fan. I love seeing him in this spot. Uh, Bailey and and Bianca Belair, speaking of her, they set up a feud on this show as well. The Mysterio family, I guess... I guess tease that they're going heel by helping Murphy defeat Baron Corbin. This is your domain, Chrissy Love, but what was your thoughts on that? I'm happy that you you said that because I'm so I'm sick of them already. Like I'm just so I was sick of the whole few. I'm just over the whole Mysterio thing. But isn't Baron Corbin a heel? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So helping Murphy to be okay. (laughs) What I'm saying is I'm 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 like I'm sick of it. Like this is this is ridiculous. Like. Who is doing this to us? It, someone is doing this on purpose, and I need them to stop. Seriously. Bruce Pritchard. <laughs> it has to be, because I don't, I'm not getting it. And then, like, oh, my God. 
The and Rey Mysterio and his family got a lot of damn money because every time I come, they got like Versace, Louis Vuitton. They are like down to the socks. Like he is like label whores all over their clothing. You don't have a regular shirt, <laughs> like in in, in the words of a great of a great podcaster, Conrad Thompson, who booked this shit, Bruce. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> Ray, Ray's been saving a lot of money by being able to shop in like the children's section for many years. So you know, you know all that money, like that, he saved that up. He spent it on your kids. Can't can't say that's a lie at all. Um, that whole thing, like I'm sick of it. Okay, go. Monday Night Raw, we had AJ Styles defeat Keith Lee and Riddle in a triple threat to set up a match versus Drew McIntyre for the WWE title at TLC. We also had McIntyre and Sheamus beat Miz and Morrison by disqualification after Miz pushed the the Sheamus uh, slow burn turn on McIntyre on Miz TV. We also had Asuka and Lana defeat Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax the first time those two ladies twice twice two weeks in a row first time those ladies have uh got a loss in tag team action the wwe women's tag team champions and also randy orton revealed on a moment of bliss that alexa bliss is the fiend's weakness so that was an interesting segment as we talked about before a lot of backstage heat concerning that chrissy love though what is your thoughts on aj versus drew at tlc um I'm sure it will be a good match. Um, I don't see AJ winning, unfortunately, because, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it will be a good match, but, I, I mean, I got nothing for you, friend. <laughs> I got nothing. I she's she's like, about. it's just going to be a good match, right, I guess. Yeah, like, I don't see any, like, feuding. I don't see, like, eight, like. That's just what it, I mean, the triple threat match they had was pretty cool. But other than that, I mean, you know, AJ getting picked up by his bodyguard and then being rescued out was was funny. Um, <laughs> I thought that was cool. But yeah, uh, him and Drew, like, it's just going to be a good match. But I, I, I definitely see, maybe it'd be like a, a, a dirty finish. Who knows? I'm not sure. Maybe Miz might come out and mess it up. Who, I, who knows? Something to make us, like, watch TLC, I guess. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the business money in the bank is still going to be a part of this story for sure. But I think yeah. on Wrestling Daily, I think uh, Louis as well as uh, Alex both were talking about AJ versus Drew being a WrestleMania match. On paper, yeah, they can have yeah. a great match that is worthy of WrestleMania. But there's no story. That's 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 that that was my whole issue, and that's why I kind of argued against them when they were talking about that. I was like, no, I was like, we we I kind of taught Chrissy on this on True Hill. Heat, you got to put on your Vince hat, and if what? there's no story there, I don't see Vince making that a WrestleMania match, guys. So I think that I'm not nothing from it. That's why I got nothing for you, friend. Like you said, how I feel, I don't, I don't feel anything. <laughs> <laughs> and they're not going to probably help with that. Uh, but Sheamus and Drew, I think, is the main story. And that's something that has meat on the bone. That if they... Patience. Patience, please. I know that's not your forte, uh, Bruce. We can probably talk to your wife about your patience and pre ejaculate I mean, whatever you guys do at home. <laughs> but come on, just have patience on here. Slow burn it, foreplay it a little, tickle it, and get to the good stuff when we get to WrestleMania season. We don't need to see it right now. You also got Braun Strowman, who, who got injured, who was supposed to be the challenger for Drew at TLC. Maybe he's going to be the challenger for Drew at the Royal Rumble, but the Sheamus 
Drew have a story that could develop and blow off at WrestleMania. So I think that's the way to go there. Seamus is a former, um, you know, headliner and champ, one of the champions a long time ago. So maybe, he, I mean, he has a potential. He can definitely do it with a great buildup. I'm sure he can be back of one of those top guys again. You know what I'm saying? So Yeah. And and if we if we can believe the rumors, he doesn't have that much time in the ring with his neck issues. That this could be like his final big time and a big time matchup with someone that he's kind of grew up in the business with in Drew McIntyre with their friendship, their real life friendship. So I think this has a lot of potential there. We also missed Impact Wrestling, which had Jazz and Jordan Grace defeat Renee Michelle and Killer Kelly. Yes, Jazz, the former WWE Women's Champion, is in Impact Wrestling with Jordan Grace. They advanced in the Knockouts Tag Team title tournament. We also was revealed last week that Lauren Lawrence D, the alter ego of Larry D, was the man who shot John E. Bravo, and he furthered a few with Tommy Dreamer this week. Luke Gallows was also revealed as being injured for four to six weeks, so Carl Anderson will face Ethan Page at final resolution. If Page wins, the North get a title shot. Willie Mack defeated uh, Chris Bay in a surprise in my opinion, but Moose attacked uh, Willie Mack after the match and then Chris Bay hits the ultimate finesse on Swan to set up a final resolution world title matchup, which I predicted Stat King on your one year anniversary, Chris Bay versus Rich Swan at final resolution. What stood out the most on this episode to you, Stat King? I liked Jazz and Jordan Grace that 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 match simply because it's good to see the powerhouses like that. I mean, we talked about it on the on the one year anniversary what they're going to be able to bring to that tag title tournament for the knockouts. And then the other thing that stood out to me was just seeing Motor City Machine Guns back in action. That'll be that'll be something that that's good for down the road against the Good Brothers. And another AEW versus Impact matchup I want to see. Young Bucks versus Motor City Machine Guns. And we got a preview of that on this week's episode as the flashback was from Final Resolution 2010 where they showed Generation Me versus the Motor City Machine Guns. So the the seeds, the seeds to AEW and Impact were right before our eyes without us realizing. That was completely unintentional. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Unintentional, right? Was, right. Never before have the flashbacks on Impact Wrestling ever alluded to anything that's going to happen on it, Impact. Yeah, Wrestling. yeah. It's not, it's not like we saw, <laughs> we saw flashbacks of like Alec Young before he returned. It's not like we saw any of that stuff. What am I? What am I talking about? I'm talking. I'm talking nonsense. It's not like anything big happened on Wednesday nights either. So yeah. Have <laughs> the friend, you know. You know, you know, I, I'm just I'm just shooting the shit here. But final note of what we miss, MLW Fusion, MLW is back. We had low-key defeating Dave, uh, Davey Boy Smith Jr. Uh, in the Opera Cup tournament, which was more of an upset in the main event. ACH also defeated Laredo Kid in the Opera Cup on this week's show. And Court Bauer announced after the show that Davey Boy Smith Jr. has finished up with MLW. So it's going to be very interesting 
interesting to see where Davy Boy Smith Jr. lands next. Will we see him back in WWE? Maybe potentially in NXT UK. Davy Boy Smith Jr. versus Volta. I'm all for that. Maybe we might see him in uh, Impact Wrestling. Maybe AEW. So it'd be very interesting to see where the son of the British Bulldog lands next. Our news rundown is up next, guys. Let's run through some news. I'll get a little bit of your thoughts on a couple of these nudes notes. WWE News Fightful Select reports that a top NXT superstar recently tested positive for COVID-19. Currently, the identity of this talent is unknown, but it's said to that the concern around this talent was not as heavy as the previous talents involved for the most recent outbreak where multiple people tested positive. Also, this talent was described as a top star for the brand. Per the report, the talent who tested positive is said to not be in large crowds very often, especially when it comes to NXT. Additionally, the status of this talent is not going to impact NXT TakeOver War Games schedule for this weekend. Chrissy Love, I'm going to ask you your thoughts. And who do you think is the top talent? I hate to speculate about things like this, but from this report, what I just said, I tend to feel like it might have been our NXT champion, Finn Balor. That he had tested positive? Because it says that this superstar has not been on NXT that much, has not been in very large crowds, and it's not going to impact War Games, which doesn't have an NXT title match. So that's what makes me think. That's the only top star that I can think of off the top of my head that's not on the show, that hasn't been on the show, that may have been the one affected here. Mm, that, that's, that's actually a good one um, right there. Um he was out on injury, so he could have maybe caught it, like, you know, outside. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if that is true, because they had everyone on stage last night as well, so maybe he didn't. I don't know. Did he catch it before, and now they're good, or this was just, like, speculation that happened? Uh, I don't know if he tested positive at the PC and where they tape, or if he t- tested positive outside, but the report from Fightful Select is that a top star for NXT has tested positive. With whoever it is, we you know we wish them the best, hope they get well for sure. Maybe it's Cross. Maybe he caught it. He's another one that hasn't been on TV, is a top star. So, yeah, you, you know, we hate to speculate about this type of thing. We just hope that we're going to be better coming out of this. Uh, WWE is set to move to Tropicana Field. We talked about this on the last True Hill Heat in December, leaving their residency at the Amway Center. While it has been reported that the final night for the Thunderdome would be SmackDown on December 4th, which is the, uh, this week, it will actually be Raw on December 7th, which is next monday they will go directly from orlando to tropicana field in st petersburg for the december 11th smackdown which is next week and it was also noted that the tropicana field presents possible problems for wwe first of all the stadium is huge and the sound is described as awful and but since wwe has been piping in crowd noise they will will be able to control that and there is also reportedly a colony of pigeons that will live in the roof of the venue so very interesting times for wwe of course also fightful uh fife renault 
Russell Votes reports that internally, WWE is said to want a decision on whether fans are permitted for the Raw Rumble by January 7th, with a possible announcement of sorts coming that weekend. Sources state that odds are 50-50 right now, an important month ahead, and possibly the pushback for Raw Rumble, the date is going to be now January 31st. Off the top of your head, very quickly, what does your gut say, Stag King? Are we going to have fans at the Raw Rumble? I don't think so, no. Good. This man is from the Florida area, so he was the best so, no. one to ask there. <laughs> uh, f- <laughs> one, one quick question, though. Do pigeon, in, the, in the rule book of wrestling, does an attack yeah. by pigeons constitute a disqualification? Um, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta look up the the rule book. Any referees that watch True Hill Heat, help us out. Help us out. Comment, comment in the comment section and let us know if a pigeon attack is considered disqualification. Um, I can't for it though. <laughs> and I can't <stand> pigeons. <laughs> yeah, we're all new. Uh, you know, we all have either lived in New York or are New Yorkers. So yeah, we do not have a great history with pigeons. <laughs> Fightful Select notes that the original creative plans for virtually everyone at the top of Raw roster shifted following Braun Strowman's injury that forced uh, WWE officials to put the mini-tournament together to determine McIntyre's challenger with Styles, Lee, and Riddle all involved. Because of the necessary changes that reportedly forced several other Raw storylines involving the top talents to be adjusted from anywhere between one to three weeks. So like I said, if Strowman is back he will possibly be the next challenger for Drew coming out of TLC probably for the Raw Rumble so it's a wait and see but I knew that this would kind of affect things and probably AJ was going to be the challenger for the Raw Rumble and now it's been pushed up to TLC so we will see what happens at the top of the card. WWE also announces the return of the Slammy Awards in WWE on the WWE Network sometime (laughs) in December we will also see a key fleet 24 special Chrissy Love who is your WWE superstar of the year real Bianca. quick huh Bianca Bianca Belair whoa yeah. if you were going to say a woman I would have gone with Sasha Banks or Bailey but okay. alright okay. I'll take it back for the year because Bianca wasn't she wasn't there the whole time okay exactly. Let's go with, <laughs> okay Bailey Bailey should definitely win that's a good one. I was going to go with Drew McIntyre, but Bailey is definitely a candidate that's up there for sure. WWE reports the new PC recruits class has been announced and has arrived, which includes Alex Zane, as well as Desmond Xavier and Zachary Wentz of the Rascals, but no Trey Miguel. What is your thoughts on Trey Miguel not being included in the PC recruits stag king? And do you see him eventually signing with WWE and joining the rest of the Rascals? I don't know. I really hope that he doesn't. But uh, you know, I, what, he, everybody's got to do what makes right, what makes sense for them, and makes sense for their families. So if he does, he does. But I hope that he doesn't. I was honestly surprised when I when we saw that picture and uh, Trey was not there, but both of the other two members of the Rascals were. It just adds another emotional layer to that final match that the Rascals had with Rich Swan. At impact, I mean, they yes, they were. You know, it was a very emotional moment. They were crying in the ring, and you were just like, "Wow!" Like just the thought. But at the time, we're thinking all three of them are going to WWE, not realizing that it's a very distinct possibility that 
that was actually the end of the Rascals themselves as a trio. So uh, I don't know whether whether he will be whether it, it could be something that they see bigger things for Trey than they do for for Dez and Wentz, and so they are saving him for a you know shot in the crowd, so to speak, at NXT Takeover War Games. Maybe that's what they're saving him for. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. But um, it, it was it was definitely interesting. What you said? I knew something was wrong with the cat because I was like, "Wait, ain't it supposed to be like an extra person?" I was like, "Where? Somebody's missing." <laughs> I was, I couldn't really put my finger on it. I was like, "Okay, well, I mean, they just showing like just the, you know the new people." But I was like, "Something is wrong here with these recruitments." But now it makes sense. Yes, I I, I even speculated on wrestling travel podcasts as well as uh, two people with Sports Kita that it could be potentially that he is the Warrior Wrestling Heavyweight Champion right now. Maybe he has to take care of independent engagements and obligations that he has before he comes on to WWE. My gut says that he will eventually join them in WWE, but there is a possibility he could possibly go to AEW and he could play a huge role in this AEW versus impact uh storyline and crossover kind of being maybe a guy who signs with AEW but all along he's a secret agent of impact wrestling and he's the mole that's been trying to infiltrate AEW from within so there's a lot of potential there for Trey Miguel that would be fun no 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 that's that that's Ethan Page with his contract situation come on now that is an, that is another good shout. There is so you know, much I gotta, potential. I got to put over Ethan wherever I get a chance. So. This is this is an all AEW Impact episode. We got to <laughs> it's definitely a part of the title if you're if you're watching this right now. <laughs> so we move on to AEW news. Tony Khan had a conference call with the media, limited media, ahead of Winter is Coming, and announced that among other things. John Moxley will not be performing at Wrestle Kingdom 15. So him losing the AEW world title does not mean that he's going to do quarantine in Japan now to go perform at uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling Wrestle Kingdom 15 in January, which should be probably put in limbo if he's going to continue as the IWGP US champion. So we're going to keep you posted on that news right there. Plans to make AEW Dark the home of the Stag King into two shows, one for established and signed talent and one for young up-and-coming stars. Uh, Kenny Omega was apparently hands-on with the presentation of the Cleaner character and the the Eliminator tournament that uh, concluded at Full Gear. And Tony Khan has big plans for Miro and didn't want to wait until January where he can really put him into the main event scene to bring him in. And he was very critical of Miro's use in WWE. I want to ask Stag King about the AEW Dark News. I know we talked about this on uh, your one-year anniversary. I think I was one of the people that brought it up about possibly making Dark into two shows. So what would your thoughts be if they uh, made that move? I think it would be a really good decision. For a long time, they have, because of the pandemic, gotten away from that AEW contracted talent versus AEW contracted talent. Now, if they're able to kind of make a better blend of everything, I think that'll be really good. With two shows, they will have, I don't know, maybe it, they have kind of um, the field of, one of my first thoughts was the, the never the never open weight titles. And maybe there's there would be something like that, some kind of almost NXT developmental kind of aspects to one of the shows. So I want to see how they 
how they do all that because thus far they have done they've been able to do presentation of shows pretty well whether it has been dynamite and then establishing what dynamite is what it's going to be week to week the pecking order and, and as such and I, I definitely want to get back that dark quality of you know once upon a time as i said last uh, last week on the anniversary show we had kip sabian versus kenny omega on aew dark so maybe if we, if we get back to that that'll also be really cool so definitely looking forward to to what, what they what they try out and if they're going to split it up into two shows and one being the main show and one being more of a developmental show the other news that tony khan talked about could be a big factor into that that he is talking about bringing in trios championships this is something that chrissy love and top guy jj and myself talked about before the trios titles being introduced he said that it's not going to be in the end of 2020 but it is something that they have in line for 2021 so i am definitely looking forward to that with so many great Great trios. You got the Inner Circle. You got Jurassic Express. You got Best Friends and Orange Cassidy. The Elite. The uh, Death Triangle. So many Eddie Kingston and Butcher and the Blade. So a lot to come from there. Fightful Select reports that the initial reaction to the debut of Sting was shock and excitement, with no one having heard about it until he was backstage, as we said earlier in the show. And I said also that AEW has signed Sting to a multi-year deal. New Japan News. They announced. The New Japan um, Pro Wrestling Road to New Beginning Tour, which is going to go on from January 17th and conclude on February 3rd. It is going to be over 10 different shows, no, 11 different shows uh, through those dates. So a lot of action to come from New Japan following Wrestle Kingdom on January 4th and 5th. ROH News, ROH announces that Roosh will go one-on-one with Brody King uh, for the ROH World Title and EC3 will verse Jay Briscoe for Final Battle 2020 on December 18th. Mike Bennett also returned to ROH to save Matt Taven from uh, Vincent and Bateman. How have you been liking the build-up to Final Battle with your new show, Review of Honor, with uh, the Roundtable Rebel and three-time? Baby making champion Ness uh, stacking. <laughs> yeah, Ness and I have been definitely enjoying the build for Final Battle and seeing how how everything is just going to be presented with Ring of Honor coming out of the pandemic. I know that they said also, uh, I think a week or a couple weeks ago maybe, that all titles will be defended at Final Battle, which makes things interesting considering the foundation leader and, uh, and and the octopus Jonathan Gresham is both pure champion and tag champion. He will have to be pulling some kind of double duty. And uh, I, yeah, I just, I like how they have been building everything up. Brody King getting this kind of singles push, the singles run, just not really mentioning villain enterprises, but mentioning villain enterprises and, you know, all everything that, everything that that's connected with that. But, you know, We'll, 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 we'll go into more detail when you guys join us on Review of Honor because I'm sure there's many things, many thoughts that Ness himself would want to add in, and he's not here with us. So you guys will have to tune into Review of Honor to continue to see how ROH is building out everything coming out of the pandemic. He's a man, he's a man of great adjectives. Great adjectives <laughs> for sure. 
Impact Wrestling News, uh, Scott Demore announced that Ken Shamrock is suspended after his attack on D'Lo Brown last week. And our final wrestling news notes, NWA, another home of the Stat King on Tuesdays. They have started their new weekly TV series, which will be known as NWA Shockwave. The first week was more or less uh, replays of matches that they featured on Primetime Live. But we're going to see if they have some new content coming on Tuesday nights with NWA. NWA Shockwave and NWA Director of Operations Maureen Tracy has exited the company. She got a lot of praise on uh, social media from Ricky Starks for being the lifeblood of NWA. So sad to hear her departing, but hope everything is well with her. And then our final segment, guys, NXT TakeOver War Games. And this Sunday, December 6th, it is a five-match card once again. Of course, this is War Games, so we have have the two ring steel cage the the trademark of nxt when it comes to uh their yearly takeover pay-per-views this has kind of been one of the the, the shows that most nxt fans are looking forward to we're going to start from the bottom of the card and work our way to the top we have uh Timothy Thatcher going one-on-one with Tommaso Ciampa. These two men started their rivalry just a couple of weeks ago with Ciampa confronting Timothy Thatcher, getting upset with the Thatcher's Thatch can uh, displays in the in the ring with him beating up the younger talent. Tommaso Ciampa has said he's going to take a stand against the wannabe tough guys in the locker room, and he's the first person that he's taken that stand against is Timothy Thatcher. As we talked about this week on NXT, Thatcher laid out um, uh, Champa with a choke code uh, to lay him out thanks to his help from his new student Russ Tyler or Tyler Rust. They just traded uh, places and another person from Ring of Honor that uh, that Stat King might remember. Russ Taylor was a part of that yep. new PC group. So, what, who do you think wins this one? Timothy Thatcher one on one with Tommaso Champa. We will start with you, Miss Chrissy Love. Um, I want to go see. The way things ended on NXT, I want to say it would be Thatcher being put over by Champa. I'm gonna go with Thatcher. Gonna go with Thatcher. I think this would be his first takeover win, so not right. a bad call. Not a bad call at all. But I think I'm gonna go with that. All right, Stat King, who you got, Thatcher or Champa? I'll go with Thatcher as well as somebody who as you said, hasn't had a takeover win yet, and Tommaso Ciampa kind of seems like not a great stepping stone. I don't want to use that term, but he seems somebody who is a person to get past. And right. we saw that with we saw that with uh, Killer Cross and Ciampa on, on the way for, for Cross to, to bigger and better things. So I think Thatcher, this is a great way to establish Thatcher as somebody to follow in NXT. This is an interesting one to do predictions on because Thatcher had a significant loss to Kushida two weeks ago where he tapped out for the first time. So I think he definitely needs the win here. But because of how things ended off on on uh, this week's NXT with Thatcher laying out Ciampa, I go by the rule of whoever has the <laughs> upper hand. On the go-home show, loses at the pay-per-view. So I am going with Ciampa to get the victory here. And this would be Ciampa. 
man. <laughs> this would be Ciampa's first win on a takeover in 2020. He's lost against Adam Cole on takeover. He lost against Karrion Cross on takeover. He had the big loss against Johnny Gargano. So he is coming off a bunch of big losses himself. So I think he's going to wow. get the win here. Okay. <laughs> Next up, we have a strap match between Dexter Loomis, of course, Hi, one of Chris, one of Chrissy Love's favorite, and Cameron Grimes. Take them straight to the moon. But I'm just gonna get this out and open right now. I hate this fucking feud. I hate it. Yeah, I like, hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it so much. It's not produced not one good or really good matchup. This peaked at Halloween Havoc when they had the the, the haunted house match with the whole the fucking zombies. And when zombies is the peak of your feud, there's an issue. There's a problem that this shit should have ended there and it shouldn't have continued. And it has more or less formed. I have to give a shout out to one of our former guests of Wrestling Daily, Stephanie Chase. She said on that show that this is basically a bondage storyline full of blindfolds and straps and I'm not with it. I don't like it and stalking as well. So I'm yeah. not with it. I don't like this shit. Dexter Loomis is a good character, but I've said it multiple times on this show. He's not a good babyface. He should not be the babyface here. Dex uh, Cameron Grimes has been trying his best to kind of maintain this whole story and be the star. He is very charismatic, but I'm over this feud. Please let it end here. But uh, Dexter Lomas is probably gonna win here. Uh, who do you got, Stacking? I'm, I'm. I mean, I, I don't really watch NXT, so I'm gonna go with Dexter Lomas. But just run that back for a second. There were zombies in a match. Oh, yeah, there you was, missed the reference. Nothing. Yeah, nothing to look at. But it was zombies. You don't have to go and watch the match. We'll save you the time. It wasn't really that. It, it was good when they were inside of the house. Once they left the house, it got really stupid and bad. So there were zombies that came into the ring and had a whole bunch of like smoke and whatnot. It was a really, really bad movie scene that someone just like probably just threw together. But then zombies came out and then attacked him. And they, there you go. That's all you need to know. Sid, was, did, Sid, did Romeo like it? Probably. Okay. That, that's all I needed to know. <laughs> he, li he likes anything with Cameron Grimes most of the time. But yeah, and it, I think I think I called him out in one of the chats that we shared together and I was like, Your boy is in a bondage storyline and I, I don't know if you remember, but Romeo didn't even respond to my to my comment. Like he just quickly wow. he just quickly <laughs> moved on. Um but yes, uh yeah, watch Wednesday Night Warriors and hear what uh Romeo has to say about this whole storyline. I'm sure he's rooting for Cameron. Cameron Grimes, but I am just over this story. But who you got, Miss Chrissy Love? Grimes versus Loomis in a strap match. I'm sick of this whole feud as well. I could have swore we had the strap match already, but we're doing it again. Um, and, um, right, we're doing it again, and we're making him be the stalker of the two people. Like, I'm so confused, but I'm just, you know, I'm going to pick my guy, of course. Um, I, I like uh, Cameron Grimes. I think he's hilarious. But um, I'm ready for him to be um, a heel. Yeah, he, he, he is someone that should have been in the title scene, especially like the North American Championship. I think he should have had like a takeover type matchup uh, for the NXT North American title. But 
I digress. Uh, we move on to the NXT North American title match on this show, as it's going to be the champion Leon Ruff defending against the former champions Damian Priest and Johnny Gargano in a triple threat matchup. This this whole feud uh, started more or less at the last takeover where Priest defeated Gargano. Gargano then defeated Damian Priest to become the first ever two-time North American champion at Halloween Havoc. The following uh, two weeks later, uh, Gargano wanted to break his curse because he's never been able to successfully defend any of the titles he's had in NXT, the champ, the main championship, <laughs> the North American title, or the tag team titles. He's He is the new Sasha Banks, or Tensuya Naito, whoever you prefer, and who both broke their curse, but apparently Gargano couldn't break his curse, and he lost to who was a guy that was on like a long, long losing streak as a jobber, but recently signed a contract with NXT and WWE, Leon Ruff. Leon Ruff got the victory due to a distraction from Damian Priest and became the champion. It was more or less used as a joke in that first week, but I will say they've done a good job of recovering it. Leon Ruff has played a very likable underdog babyface over the last couple of weeks. Uh, very like very wholesome and you want to root for him you want him to secede uh damian priest has kind of been more or less a tweener in this story and johnny gargano being the heel teasing that he's going to get help from the ghostface killers uh the scream mask killers uh over the on uh nxc this week but who do you see winning this triple threat match rough versus priest versus gargano let's start with i'll start with you miss chrissy love Ooh, see this is another hard one, I feel. Um, I'm thinking that this feud is not going to be over. I feel like it's still going to go on. Mm. I'm thinking, uh, but more so with Ruff and probably Gargano. Okay. Not like, let's get Damon Priest off the equation and put Gargano and this young guy to, you know, get, have a feud against each other. So I'm going to go with uh, Ruff winning, but more so to have the feud continue with Gargano, him being the heel. Stacking? I think it depends on what WWE knows about this mystery person who has COVID. If it is Finn Balor, I think maybe they want, and they, they don't know when Finn Balor will be back, maybe they do put the title back on Gargano because that title automatically becomes the top title in for the show, at least while Balor is out of commission and can't defend the title. Uh, but I think Chrissy is right. Probably just do something between Leon Ruff and Johnny Gargano. So I'll go with I'll go with Gargano. I am going to go with Leon Ruff to successfully defend the title. Like I said, I think they've done a good job of recovering him. It was a joke the first week, but they more or less tried to make that a part of his character. And I think it's worked and it's made me believe that he has a chance to win here. Uh, I think Gargano is a good choice. Mm. Yeah, actually, I'm going to agree with Stacking, and I'm going to go with Gargano, because, like I said, if you secede on the go-home show, more or less you're going to lose. So he did get the pin on the go-home show, so I'm going with Gargano here to get help from his ghost face killers. Um, 
And now we have the two war games, the main event matchups, women's war games. Uh, Team Shotzi has the advantage. Team Shotzi is Shotzi Blackheart, Ember Moon, Rhea Ripley, and the NXT Women's Champion Io Shirai versus Team Candice, which is Candice LeRae, Tony Storm, Dakota Kai, and Raquel Gonzalez. This all started when Candice LeRae destroyed the tank, the signature tank of Shotzi Blackheart uh, that was very close to our heart. I talked about her screaming and distraught over her uh, ruined tank. And Yes, and we have the two teams. Candice, Team Candice has kind of dominated the build-up to this matchup with Tony Storm turning heel and joining Team Candice, beating down the likes of Ember Moon, Rhea Ripley, and Io Shirai. And this week, Io Shirai became the final member of Team Shotzi, with Shotzi Blackheart defeating Raquel de Gonzalez in the latter match to get the advantage in this one. Strange that the babyfaces have the advantage in a war games, but... I digress there. Who do you have? Team Shotzi versus Team Candice. I will start things off. And I will say Team Candice will get the victory in this one. Even though they dominated the buildup up until that final show. I just have a feeling that you need to build new challengers for the NXT Women's Champion Io Shirai. And I think that Tony Storm is that next contender for her and should be with their new heel turn. So I think that Team Candice gets the victory with Tony getting the pinfall. Who do you got, Stacking? I like I like the argument that you put forward. I'm going to agree with it as well. I don't know if I think I think yeah that having somebody having somebody in the War Games match be the one who is able to eliminate or, or eliminate Io Shirai when she's on a team is going to get somebody ready to be a good contender for her. And Tony Storm is primed, so I'm going to go with Team Candice. Who do you have, Miss Chrissy Love? Uh, for the simple fact, I was when they went into the ladder match, I was like, okay. Um, Shanti's team is going to lose and they're going to win board games. However, with that now happening where she won the ladder match to get the uh, advantage and now the babyface have the advantage, I'm definitely saying the Hills are going to win and Kim Candice is going to win. Even though I think um, Shanti's uh, uh, team is stacked very, very high. Um, and I was like, dang, these girls are going to probably perform their asses off on Sunday. Fingers crossed, I'm hoping. But yes, uh, Team Candace is definitely going to win for sure. So yes, Team Candace all around in this one. And I think we can all agree that this is the top eight talent as far as the women's division of NXT right. in this one. And probably eight of the best in the entire wrestling world. So yeah. this is going to be a great women's war games but the men's war games has a little bit of more storyline juice behind it as we are gonna see the advantage go to the kings of nxt team mcafee which is pat mcafee pete dunn and the nxt tag team champions oni lorkin and danny birch versus the men that have become the four horsemen of the war games in nxt <laughs> Adam Cole, Kyle Rally, Roderick Strong, and Bobby Fish. The Undisputed Era. The Undisputed Era will be in their fourth straight 
war games matchup they are the kings of war games but they have only won once out of the three times they have previously been in war games and they have been on a little bit of a losing streak as far as when it comes to team mcafee it was uh pat mcafee paying off ridge holland to attack adam cole back at takeover 31 then it was mcafee being responsible for the attacks on roger strong and bobby fish which led to orny lorkin and danny birch getting their spot against Breezango which uh, caused them to win the NXT Tag Team Championships thanks to McAfee. And then it was Pete Dunne turning heel by hitting uh, Kyle O'Reilly with a steel chair and joining up with Team McAfee in this one. And of course, it was also Pete Dunne two weeks ago who got the win in a very in a great ladder match against uh, Kyle O'Reilly to gain the advantage here. They do have this mystery masked man that helped them. So maybe Team McAfee has a potential fifth member to be involved here. But we will see who wins war games, Undisputed Era or Team McAfee. We'll start with you, Chrissy Love. Uh, I'm going with um, Undisputed Era. Fair I'm only, choice. I'm going with them, like you said. You, you, they're what you said, one and four. They're one in one and two so far. Three three war games. It's their fourth. Their fourth. Um. And for some fact that Pete Dunne won the ladder match, maybe that fifth member might cause them to lose. But, you know, they need a fifth member to be there when Pat, Pat McAfee can't be there. So they can have that other person be there as a distraction. So maybe that will be uh, a factor in the thing. But I d- definitely think Undisputed Era will win. Who do you have, Stacking? I'm going to go with Undisputed Era because if you're going to have the heel team win in the previous War Games match, you probably should have the babyface team win in the other War Games match. Mm, good one, friend. I'm going to agree with you guys here. I think the Undisputed Era gets the win in this one. I think that in any other place, if it wasn't for this whole buildup, Team McAfee should win. They are the new heel stable. McAfee needs like a signature win to kind of establish him as a wrestler, establish him as the leader of this new group. But... The Undisputed Era have been the kings of war games. And the fact that they've only won once, they've never won as this foursome. This foursome is actually 0-2 in war games. Mm. Uh, but I just think that it is time for the Undisputed Era to get that big win as babyfaces now that they have officially turned and are the top babyfaces by default because Finn Balor is not here on NXT. They need this victory here. But it is sure to be. A great event, NXT TakeOver War Games this Sunday. But that brings us to a close on another edition of True Hill Heat. True Hill Heat 102. Uh, a plug for our lineup on our True Hill Heat YouTube channel and Powered 4 TV. You got coming up, or you can see right now, WWE Survivor Series 2020 Pay-Per-View Roundtable Review with Romeo, Chris G, Ness, and our newest contributor, Richie Moon. And you can also check out the new review series Richie's Raw Recap as Mr. Moon will review Raw for us on a weekly basis so shouts out to him welcome to the team sir the Dark Power one year anniversary with our good brother here the Stat King along with Ness and myself is up on the YouTube channel right now you can also check out the latest True Rewind reviewing Clash of Champions 32 Review of Honor reviewing ROH TV J News Japan with his coverage of the World 
Tag League, Best of the Super Juniors, and New Japan Strong. And of course, the Good Brothers on Wednesday Night Warriors is up right now. And an all-new Wednesday Night Warriors with Stack King as a guest star, as well as Dark Power with Stack King, Richie's Raw Recap, J News Japan, Review of Honor with Stack King and Ness, and AE Recap reviewing in-depth winter is coming along with me with jimmy jimmy and cash on this special episode all of those will be up either this weekend or early next week and my special interview for true heels btr my first time interviewing an emmy award winner a sports reporter and wrestling journalist john alba that's going to be up on the youtube channel next week and our nxt takeover war games roundtable review will be up at the start of the week as well and of course you can check out me on my latest appearance on alex mccarthy's wrestling daily on wrestle talks wrestle 2 youtube channel as we have our very latest great debate this time about whether the mcmahon's on tv is a good thing very interesting debate right there. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Chrissy Love, tell them where they can find you. Uh, you can find me. Uh, I'm Miss Chrissy Love. You can find me on IG, Twitter, and on Facebook, uh, SmackDown Live Lynches, and on True Hill Heat. Of course, and vote for Chrissy Love on Fightful Select. The good brother Sean Rossap is looking for female podcast personalities. I suggested Miss Chrissy Love. She's gonna contact her, her, him, him herself, and it's already the 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 DM is already there. Sean, vote for Chrissy Love. You need you need diversity. Some colored woman on the podcast. Chrissy Love is your lady, and she's got the spicy opinions, of course. And Stat King, tell them where they can find you. You guys can find me uh, on the True Heels Facebook page. Uh, and as always, you can find me covering everything that happens on Tuesdays with, well, not everything anymore, but everything that happens with AEW and the NWA on Tuesdays and covering Ring of Honor with my with good friend Ness, uh, my co-host Ness. And uh, just thank you guys again for having me. And uh, just when you, when you talk, Sid, when you talk about that lineup that we have, guys, we have something for every single wrestling fan, anything that you could possibly think of, we have it covered. So please subscribe, yep. share, like, and check out our shows. No one is doing it like that. No one is doing it like <laughs> True Hill Heat, our diversity. We have we have African-American, Spanish, uh, my, my good brother here representing all the Indian backgrounds because he's related to everybody from Rahit Raju to Mustafa <laughs> Ali. He, we, we have the diversity on lock. You, you can see wrestling fans of all different shapes, sizes, and descent on True Hill Heat. So subscribe to the YouTube channel. We are about to hit 1K, less than 140 subscribers away. So come part of the movement. It is going big, and we are having fun doing it. On Facebook, you can follow the True Hills group page, as well as True Hill Heat on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can follow our wrestling promotion partners, Battle Club Pro, Warrior Wrestling, and Mission Pro Wrestling on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Our good friends at Wrestling Travel, thank you for sponsoring this 
this episode of True Heel Heat. And you can also subscribe to a couple of other great YouTube channels from Battle Club Pro, Warrior Wrestling, Mission Pro Wrestling, Wrestling Travel, of course, Wrestle 2 to check out Wrestling Daily with me every Wednesday at 8 p.m. BST, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, and Jimmy Macaram's YouTube channel reviewing all the great TV shows. And you can listen to True Hill Heat on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Anchor, wherever you listen to your favorite audio podcast. So until True Hill Heat 103 for the lovely Miss Chrissy Love. For the man of a thousand and four numbers, the Stat King. <laughs> like this video, share this with all your wrestling fans and friends. Push the iCard down at the bottom to subscribe for all the great content right here on True Hill Heat. And of course, push that bell to have all notifications so you can always be notified. Signing off for True Hill Heat 102. It is me, it is me, your True Hill Phenom SP3. And we are signing off until next time.